So I don't think that uh, there is a version of this one live or whatever. Oh, no, here it is. <laughs> he got it. So this one is Lily Tomlin freaking out. She, she, I hate to say this, but she looked like the type of person that might freak out. Yeah, I got you. And you I'm going to look up a picture. Yeah, so pretty sure this was during, what movie was it talking about? Oh, I Heart Huckabees. I Heart Huckabees. Yeah. Let's see. alone do you know what the fuck is going on period fuck you i've had it up to here so to set the <laughs> to this? set the scene this is like an outtake or whatever from or in between scenes um from the movie i heart huckabees and the scene is with lily tomlin and dustin hoffman and one or two other people in a car, right? So they're in between scenes, and Lizzie, Lily Tomlin is flipping out a little bit. And, like, Dustin Hoffman is sitting right next to her in the car. <laughs> we'll put a link in the uh, description. Who's reacting to what, for God's sakes? Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> She's pointing to the camera. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Get the fucking thing together, fuck you. I like it. Oh yeah, bullshit. That's why we spent five and five or six fucking hours doing something else. No! God damn it! You fucked it up, god damn you. Now get straight out and help. If you can't if you can't help them, help me! It's like Dustin Hoffman is like trying to calm her down. That's right. <laughs> fuck you too. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm you don't get out. I'll break the fucking set apart. I don't even give a fuck. Oh, damn. Because you're there. Oh, shut up. Shut the, you shut the fuck up too. I will, but you're still there. Shoot the fucking thing right now. Yeah, that's Oh, yeah, you'll get, you'll get a, she'll, I'll be angry as she's angry. That'll be good. Yeah, it's just a bad thing. Shoot it. Shoot it. Come on. You got the adrenaline. You got the adrenaline. Good for him. Turn the thing on. Just turn it on. You can tell that. Who knows? Who knows what's up? I don't have a fucking idea. You can tell that Dustin Hoffman been on a few sets with a few people freaking out. Yep. Because he is, you know, he's not, he's not quite meeting her level of, uh, energy. Yeah. Energy. But you know, he's like, Oh, just do the fucking take. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, (laughs) he's swearing because she's swearing. Or maybe he just talks like that. But, it's very possible. But yeah, he's like, oh yeah, you got the adrenaline, right? That's a veteran move because it's Hell true. Yeah, I don't totally. know what scene they're shooting, but like, like I said, they're a- in a car and he's just like cool as a cucumber and, and she is like flipping out. Huh. We are playing, to me, there's eight different things going on here. I don't know what's going on, frankly. We are encouraged to do one thing and then it's, and I don't even have the slightest idea. <laughs> So you're the you're the one who's you're the one who's steering the ship, as they say. I would like to. You told me to depend on you. I, I you know, so you're saying I, who can depend on anything? I don't know what to do or what not to do. Well, 
No, I get. Oh, please. I have no idea. What, I have no idea what level to play this at or what not to play it at. She's having a rough time, ma'am. And we've shot all day, and. The other actors are just like... See, we shot the whole thing, David, and then we were doing it at a certain tone, and we felt good at it, and then you said, take it down half, and that's nutty, you know. <laughs> well, because we shot he wants to stay day, on a good you know, side. Real broad, real, uh, you know, tar- I actually feel a little bit sorry for her. She's having a rough go. Yeah, I feel like... Um, it's more than it's more than just emotion. I don't know anything about this actress. Me neither. Actor, uh, excuse me. Yeah, I don't want to speculate, but she's eighty-one now. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much the end of it. Lily Tomlin. Yeah. There's so many different, you know, clips like that where people freak out. Like I, f- I feel like. Is there a Ryan Seacrest one as well? I hope to God there is. I don't know. That would be gold. I'll do some research and see if I can find one for next time. I do wonder how high pressure a a set is. I mean, there's a lot of money involved. Right. But there's also the personality of the person. Right. And so you got to think like Ryan Seacrest is uh, not only the host of American Idol. I don't know if he still is, but he he was also a producer. Like he got been on the show for ever. You know, they've made him a producer. So, you wouldn't be surprising to see uh, somebody maybe have a little bit of a, I don't know, a princess moment or something, you know, an ego, an ego. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Acting can't be easy. I did a little acting for a friend one time. It was fun, but uh, I think if you, if you're acting, you, it's probably most easy to just play characters similar to you. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think a lot of actors get away with doing that. The greats, obviously, not so much. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, uh, obviously not like the Christian Bales or Daniel Day-Lewis. No. Yeah. I was watching uh, the day after my vaccine. I was laid up and uh, threw on Shutter Island. Hadn't seen it before. I haven't seen it either. It's supposed to be really good. It's amazing. I recommend it. B-Rock's picks. Have you seen um, Gangs of New York? I had it on afterwards and then oh I fell asleep. Oh my God, it's so good. It. You got to watch it. Yeah, it's that good. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I just watched it this year for the first time. Okay. Yeah. That's Scorsese as well, right? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And Daniel Day-Lewis plays uh, Bill the Butcher. Bill the Butcher. Oh I've, my I've always God. Heard of Bill the Butcher. It's crazy. That, it, like, you want to see some good acting? Bill the Butcher. I really want to go back and watch The Joker. We went to see that together. Joker's good, yeah. Was, I've seen it a bunch of times. Have you? Oh, you mean, sorry, you mean the new one. The new one. Yeah. Um, I've seen it probably that was the only time. I'd watch it again. Oh, definitely. That was uh, that was super well done. Not your average um, like superhero movie that you only need to watch once. Gangs of New York was Scorsese. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, that was uh, that was a really interesting statement on uh, society and mental health. Joker, Joe Joker. Yeah, yeah. A lot of I guess a lot of people think it's controversial, but 
I think it's pretty. I think it, I thought it was pretty spot on. Yeah. I thought it was exactly what was happening. Yep. Yep. Nowadays, yeah. Nowadays, people. Even if you look at, oh, fuck, this is this is going to be a tangent. Go ahead. So, I've ever told you about uh, JCS Criminal Psychology, the YouTube channel. You've mentioned it. Oh my god, it is probably my favorite YouTube channel. Yeah, but it doesn't have a ton of videos. It maybe has like. 10 or 15 videos in total. Yeah. Um, But it's basically a channel where where the dude takes interrogation footage from, you know, publicly available uh, interrogation footage of different types of criminals and analyzes their words and their body language. The people, both the cop and the, yeah. And he, he'll pause it and explain, you know, this is what's going on here. This is why they asked this question. Yeah. And I, they had, he released a new video recently um, about the Parkland shooter. I okay. told you a little bit about it, that he was listening to uh, right, that Mac Miller or Mac DeMarco, Mac DeMarco. and uh, Panzermensch. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember exactly where I was going with this. Um, but what started this conversation? Shit. Um, oh, uh, Joker mental health. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, as, as the interrogation of the Parkland shooter is going on, um, they discover that he was like, he filmed a video on his cell phone, like a selfie video. And he said, you know, my name is blah, 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 blah. You might not know me now, but you're going to know me. Oh God. Right. And I think that nowadays that kind of infamous fame, um, drives some people to commit these crimes because they want to be known. Right. And I think Hmm. Joker is an example of that. Yeah. Right. And I think that a lot of mass murder shootings, involve people that you know were probably severely depressed but also yeah. wanted to be known do you think a, a lot of it is the infamy yeah interesting I do. well i mean obviously there's the rage at whoever they're targeting or the group Just the of people that they're targeting but i believe that the reason that they do those crimes in particular there's a ton of different crimes you could do when you're angry at the place that you work Agreed. that don't involve having to kill everyone yeah right i think people take it to another level in that you know maybe they felt like they were insignificant and this will make them significant yeah exactly yeah and i think like when i saw the that video that the parkland shooter um made of himself i was just like yeah that totally makes sense Hmm. yeah it's crazy times and I don't know if there's been any shootings recently, but it oh, seems like they're happening all the time. And in the States, it's all the time. And you don't really see it anymore on the news. That's, that's again, very brief. It's, it's, you become desensitized to it, and the media does as well. It's only, you know, it's only the, the ones involving children that really get yeah. hu- huge attention. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Or if they're, you know, hate crimes or that kind of thing. It's wildness. Yeah. Well, it's... And I, it's, it's a mentality as well. Like, you know, the U S is that way, you know, they tell people, you know, you work hard and you can do whatever you want mm. Mm. on paper. Yeah. Not everybody gets dealt the same hand of cards, you know, I agree. 
I do wonder if the same, I'm sure there's some of the same mentalities of like disgruntlement and rage and all these things in Canada. I do wonder if it's purely a population thing. That no, we're no. not seeing these things so much. Or if it's this just is the an, gun laws. I, absolutely. Um, can you own a pistol in Canada? If you go through the right hoops, yeah. Huh. But mostly, but it's not easy. Mostly hunting. No, no. It's not that it's it's hard. It's yeah. that you actually got to take some classes, right? And prove that you know what you're doing with a gun before. And it's not like if just because you get a license to buy a handgun doesn't mean you can walk around with it. No. No, nowhere in Canada. Um, there's certain people that are able to have mm-hmm. a carry license, but they're typically um, law enforcement, you know, military of a you know specific kind. Yeah, like um, in Canada, they call Navy SEALs uh, the Joint Task Force ATF. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I believe that those guys are able to carry a gun. Interesting, but I don't know that for sure. And I was downtown, this had to be like a year ago, something like that. And I was riding the bus, doesn't matter matter the direction, but there was a guy standing on the sidewalk. He looked like he was up to no good for sure. And I'm just, you know, hanging out, listening to music on the bus, observing what's going on. And two guys get out of an SUV dressed in like body armor, like they're law enforcement they came out of nowhere and just like what immediately walked up, grabbed this dude, put him in cuffs. And within like two seconds, he was in the truck. And they oh, yeah, left. They don't it was like, around. what the fuck just happened? Did anyone else just see that? Mm-hmm. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. That's his, awesome. His buddy just like ran around the corner. I'm like, the shit is going down here. Yeah. And they're not like, um, it's not like, uh, some government agency or whatever is no. coming to scoop people up. I assume it was just like no, a no, they violent criminal. They or, would have had a, yeah. a warrant or a Absolutely. very good reason. But they knew exactly who it was. Oh, of course. And immediately went and got him. I was like, you guys are, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. Police work is awesome. You've always had a bit of a. Yeah. I want true crime. I love every, everything true crime. Yeah. Fair enough. That's why that, that JCS criminal psychology channel. Your jam. It's so good. How long are the videos? Sometimes an hour, sometimes two Whoa. hours. Oh, so you don't need a whole bunch of them. That's what I'm saying. So, but the, they're so in depth that you know it takes time to watch them. I'll pause, pause them. I, I, if I'm not paying attention. But like, do you remember like Casey Anthony? I forgot about Casey. Anthony. Yeah, he does one on her. That would be, and it's really good. Fucked up. Um, what about that other chick, uh, Jody Arias? She don't remember her. No, she's the one that uh, stabbed her boyfriend to death. No, don't yeah. remember her. Yeah, she's she's a nut job as well. I'm 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 very interested about the the the. It seems like the rise in popularity of true crime. It's not it's not a rise. It's there's true crime's been around. It's always been around. It's interesting, man. Yeah. But I, I mean, like everything you have greater access to it nowadays. So people can really consume it. Yeah. But it's always been, uh, it's always been a popular topic. Hmm. The reason I got into true crime is because my mom was into true crime. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of thinking. I mean, more of a normal person might be like, what's going on in this, this realm. She was always reading, uh, crime novels. Hmm. Yeah. When I was a kid. Whodunits. Yeah. I mean, it's now that you say that, I mean, films are based on crimes and heists and we're intrigued by those things. 
I uh, I got a copy of, um, and I haven't seen the movie, so there'll be no spoilers. Right. But um, Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. released, an, he turned, or he uh, he wrote the screenplay for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. and then he wrote a novel, and the novel really? just came out. You haven't seen the movie? No. Oh, man. And it's on my list, of course, but it's, I heard it was like three and a half hours, so it's long. I need to plan to be uh, attentive and engaged you do to watch a movie like that so it's on my list but then i i heard about this novel and the novel apparently goes way deeper than the movie does Shit. so i haven't started reading yet but i just got it the other day What's, is it called once upon a time yeah in Hollywood? a novel yeah um but it's it's like good it's a paperback and it's a good 400 pages oh shit yeah but i felt like i've been I don't know. I, I've been craving some reading lately. Me too. I've got so, a couple of things I need to pick up. I'm I'm reading uh, the Communist Manifesto right oh, now. Karl, Karl Marx. Marx. <laughs> yeah, um, I've read bits and pieces of it before. It's yeah. pretty short. I'm um, actually probably could have read it in one sitting. Okay, but yeah, it's really cool. Timeless. It's definitely, I have never read it. Oh yeah, it's a good read. I mean, it's Marx. Yeah. At the end of the day, you you can't go wrong. No, I picked up uh, it's Sasha Shulgin, Pical. I really want to get into that. Oh, you haven't started reading that yet? haven't picked up books since school ended. Just been brain off. It's, uh, you know, the reading will come, that's for sure. It's a, it's a joy. Kick back with a good book. I just don't do it enough. Yeah. Well, I'm, I can say the same. I I'm, should be reading a lot more. Yeah. I felt like I should start reading... Again, I used to read a lot when I was younger. And novels are something that I don't often read. Never. No, no? I've no. I I always buy nonfiction. Like so, I've also bought this other book. Um, it's very timely with the situation in Canada with you know residential schools and mm-hmm. reconciliation. It's called. Uh, it's by what's his name? Thomas King. Okay, I believe. Let me just double check that. Um, it's called um, Inconvenient Indian. Haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah Thomas King. Yeah, so it's been up. I think it came out just under ten years ago. Okay, That's very interesting very book. Yeah, um, this guy is known for his writing about First Nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's written a bunch all of other a, books. We could all use a bit of I don't know literature like, on First Nations. Not that this is a topic we want to get into. Not right now, no. But I thought I had an okay working knowledge of what was going on between the federal government and Aboriginal people. Mm-hmm. And then with the shit that's coming to light now, yeah. I'm like, wow, I really don't have a clue about what's going on. Yeah. So I picked up this book, I plan to read it. That's, soon. <laughs> that's a pretty great start. Yeah. Literature will always, always help out in those situations. Sometime we'll have to get into some more prank calls, though. Like the prank calls that Richard and Sal make on the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Have you ever heard some of those? No. So do you know what, you know what Tradio is? No. So Tradio is like live classified ads on the radio. So like, it's usually like in rural towns, people call up sell chicken or vacuum cleaner or something. So what Richard and Sal do is they call in to these radio shows 
and try to fuck with the guy who's hosting them. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a great, great system. Yeah, I'll find a quick one that we can listen to. <laughs> Oh, so, it, so it's not just called Tradio, but there's also a version called Swap Shop. Swap Shop. Yeah. It varies based on location. But uh, here, I'll, I'll play a little bit. Let's hear it. Folks, in a very pleasant uh, Tuesday, welcome to Tradio, where we buy, sell, trade, and give away on a non-commercial basis. Let's uh, wheel and deal, and call it number one. Welcome to the Tradio Show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. I hope you are. This I'm is doing Richard. very well. Thank you very okay. much. Uh, my name is Jack Devane. Oh, no, that's Sal. And uh, <laughs> I inherited this from my great-great-grandfather. It was from WW2. It's a jar uh, containing several gold teeth from Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. I don't have the value of the gold teeth. I know it was picked out of uh, one of the prisons in the camps, <laughs> and it's about seven, eight teeth, about 11 ounces of gold uh, Jewish teeth from Auschwitz. Okay. And it's authenticated <laughs> with a certificate of authenticity as a picture of my great-grandfather in front of the camps oh, holding the jar. Okay. Uh, I figured we get maybe uh, 75 to to $100 for it. Okay. Uh, my uncle also used to work in a medical lab. It's a used urine cup from Milton Berle, and it comes with a certificate of authenticity, and it still has some used urine left in the in the uh, cup. Used urine. And we want 1500 for that. Okay, sir, how can we reach you, please? Uh, you can reach me on my work line, 516-922-WINE, W-I-N-E. I'm in the liquor business. Okay, thank you for your call. For five, welcome to the Tradio Show. Hi, good afternoon, sir. Yes, sir. Hi, how you doing today? Well, what can I do for you? Well, I got three items to sell. Okay. My grandson, hold on one second, I wrote him down here. <laughs> My grandson selling, he's selling a motorcycle. Hello? Yes. Hi, hold on, I got him written down here, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's selling a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find what year it is here. Oh, you can hear George George Takei in the background. Yeah, that's, that's his laugh. Two seven. Is that actually George Takei? Yeah, like to be he on did the He's the official ahead. announcer oh, of the I Hard Stern Show. It's a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. My grand. He sits in okay. for one or two weeks a year. I'm looking. George Takei is very busy for the year. Uh, he, uh, I'm sorry, my place is a mess. Okay, you want to put- so. George Takai, 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 um, he, no, he sits in on Howard Stern. He's been a friend of the Stern show for 20 years and Hmm. he'll come in and do a a week or two every year where he'll sit in for the entire week and, uh, they do a bunch of recording with him that week where he he does the announcing and stuff for the show. I never would have thought that. Oh yeah. No, him and George or the Howard Stern's been you know, very LGBTQ plus friendly forever. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I really wouldn't expect that from, St- I've never listened yeah, to Yeah, you have to understand right? that, that Howard Stern on the radio is like a character. Of course. We, right. were, we were talking about that before. Yeah. He seems to be a pretty boring cat off air. Anyway, so this guy, the guy on the call right now, who's, I think he's trying to pretend like he's a woman, but... You can never tell. <clears throat> His yeah. name's Richard Christie. 
He's the dude. Uh, he's that drummer dude I was telling you about. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway. You want to yes, call Rich. us? You want to call us back when you get all your information? Oh, here it is. Okay, nineteen seventy-three. All right, good, good. Okay. All right. He even has that um, fake laugh down, like when two woman goes, "Okay, here he goes." <laughs> <laughs> Motorcycle. All right. What else do he you want? Two hundred. And I got a hair dryer okay. that I want to sell. Okay. And hold on, I got the box over here with all the information. Hold on. <laughs> Westinghouse. <laughs> okay, sir. And, hola. Uh, I'm looking for the... All right, 27... Uh, excuse me, sir. 27... <laughs> if you'd like to be on the radio show today, go ahead, sir, and uh, do you, what, what was your third item, please? Please. The third please. item? Uh-huh. I got a walker that <laughs> I used to use. Okay. He's almost I, laughing. I don't need to use it anymore. I got an operation... <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> okay, how can we reach you today, sir? I'm sorry, this is... <laughs> it's a brand name Walker, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, cracking himself up. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That sounds really fun. There, as I was looking this up, <laughs> um, there's a video of eight hours of continuous prank calls by Richard and Sal. How many years have they been doing this? Um, I think I'm pretty sure Sal came on board somewhere around 2003. Okay. And I think Richard maybe like a year before that, but these guys are, they're, they're nuts. Like, um, Sal does this thing where, um, he whips his dick out and then (laughs) inverts his penis Oh no! Yeah, to oh, to hold a like a lapel mic. Whoa! And then they do like um, I don't know if it's karaoke or American Idol style <laughs> people coming in to sing through the mic of his in, inverted in his, penis. Yeah, and wow. then like um, Richard does did this thing <laughs> where he was doing blind beer tasting through his ass. Oh, so like he would, he'd be like laying down <laughs> on his back, spread his legs with his ass in the air oh, and no. somebody would pour like a different oh, type of beer in his ass and he would tell you what kind of beer it is. Is this true? Yeah. He was actually really fairly accurate. I, that's consistent with the garlic thing. Uh, yeah, I guess it is. If it's it is. true, I think there's other ways that he may have been doing it. Like, you know, you could probably smell a beer. A lot of beers are aromatic, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd say they are. So maybe he's guessing it that way, but I think he nailed like four to five beers or whatever. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, at least you come out of a victory, come out with a victory in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love the Hardstern show. It's been a The first time I heard it, time. I was like, this is heinous and offensive. That was like, I was a bit younger and a lot more... Uh, easily offended we'll say um yeah but it's not for those type of people it is pretty fucking funny i i must say oh yeah it's hilarious it's got comedy at its heart i don't know i always i always wonder if how relevant the stern show is but it even though like howard stern is like whatever 67 or something now still remains pretty relevant and still going he does amazing interviews like 
he is like the king of the long form uh, interview. He's the the father of it. Hey, well, I think he's one of the first, uh, you know, outside of like maybe whatever that actor studio show that used to be on. Right. Um, even that show was only an hour long, but, um, he's able to get people to say things that they, like he disarms people right? and he's able to get them to talk more freely than they have in many other interviews. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not like a lot of people are, are, you know, scared to come on Stern because they're worried that he's going to do some sort of shock shock thing that's going to embarrass them or mess with their brand or something. Yeah. But he hasn't done that kind of shit for 25 years. Hmm. Yeah. Not with guests specifically. Right. I mean, like they're still fucking around and having fun. For instance, he did like a two hour interview with Chris Martin, Chris Martin, the dude from Coldplay. Okay. I'm not a fan of Coldplay. No, never been a fan of Coldplay, but I'm a super duper fan of Chris Martin. He is as a dude. Yeah. He was like explaining his method and how he writes songs and he had a piano in front of him the whole time. That's, that's really cool. And he was able to, you know, show you how he does. And I was just, you know, I am, if it's good, I appreciate, I appreciate his skill. Yeah. I'm not a fan of his music, but I still think that was one of the greatest interviews. That's really cool, man. Yeah. You should check it out. Yeah, because I always think of Stern as the shock jock kind of thing. I think everybody does. Huh. But those are the people that have never listened to him. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I mean, do, you, where do you listen? He's only on Sirius, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I've had a Sirius subscription for 16 years. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you love music that much. I, mean, I only listen to Howard Stern on, on satellite. that, hey? Yeah. Huh. That's it? Yeah, I never listen to music on there. I've been liking radio recently. I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm a huge fan. Like, oh, are you talking about talk radio? No, music. Oh. Like, I just enjoy not picking the music sometimes, you know? It depends on the station. I don't yeah. want to listen to top 40 of any genre. Never. No. There's a show I listen to in the mornings at 9 to like 1130. It's on one of the local stations. And this guy just spins from Bob Dylan to like music from India. He's an Indian gentleman. Is it like university station? Uh, no, oh. no. Hmm. Starts with a CK. Yeah. That's a university station. That's CJ. No, they're both. Aren't they both? One's, oh, one's independent. Right? Yes. Are the oldest independent. Yeah. The viewer, the listeners don't give a shit about our local radio stations, but no, uh, I'm sure they have similar stations. Yeah. Them. It's uh, I don't know. It's nice to have different music, be like they'll always play the the new cool indie shit that Pitchfork might be might used to have presented to us, and yeah, it's it's a nice two hours in the morning. I always get bored with classical music on the radio, though. I've been uh, appreciating um, the Undertow album a lot lately. Hmm. It uh, it's a great album. It's one of their heaviest albums, I would say. Yeah, and I, I feel like it. And I hate to say this album by tool for those yeah, who don't sorry. know. Sorry. Yeah. Tool album. Um, I feel like every album after the undertow. Yeah. And I mean this in, you know how big of a fan of tool I, I am, yeah. but I think every album after undertow, which is really their first full length album, mm-hmm. um, has a gimmick. There's a, you know, they're always trying to do a, a new type of sound on yeah. every single album and it's except, but I, I don't feel that about undertow. I feel like it's just them playing music. 
What about anima? Yeah, that has that has that has a, a whole theme and a sound for sure, hundred percent. All the Hicks shit. Same with lateralis. Same with ten thousand days. Yeah, same with fear inoculum. Lateralis, especially. That's that's where I understand where you're where, where you're coming from. Yeah, that kind of sweeping. Yeah, you're right. I was listening to ten thousand days on that mathematics acid trip. And okay, I got like halfway through. I'm just like, it's not my favorite Tool album. I'm not talking trash about it. It's good. This and I think some of the songs are overplayed. Right, and like the starting the pot, like, like vicarious, sure. even Jombie at the start. Uh, like I've heard. I like it so much. It's it's so good, but um. I don't know the wings wings for Marie. Or yeah, that's amazing. Mary, so good. But for the time is a little slow for me. No, I think you have to be in the right, right frame of mind for that. And I wasn't on that. Listen, no, I can, I can get that, you know, but, um, I mean, opiate is still one of their best albums in my opinion. Yeah. And it's really just a lot of short life set. And that's all it is. And they're going at it. Yeah. Yeah. They're a great band. Would you see them again? If they came around, um, maybe, yeah, it'd be tough to say no. I mean, unless no, it wouldn't be tough to say no. It really depends on, like, for me, it would depend on their previous shows leading mm-hmm. up to when they get here. If yeah, if they were playing, if they're not playing the same set list they've been playing. For, for no, for like 13, 14 I years. I guess so. Hey? Um, like ever since 10,000 days, their set list had never changed. Hmm. It was almost always the same. You would never see, you know, hooker with a penis or right. anything weird yeah. or different. They would always play the same friggin' songs. So I don't want to see that again. Nope. I've seen it so many times. Um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to see if, you know, if they were playing a variety of songs off of all of their albums that, you know, aren't the typical ones that they play, you know, you over and over again. Tour. Yeah. I could see that. Or if they were touring, let's say they just would tour an album. That'd be great. And yeah. their fan base, we would love that. Yeah. I'd be totally down with that. But huh. if, no, if it was the same old, same old, no. And ticket prices are getting ridiculous like before the pandemic started i was looking to go to rage and run the jewels before the run the jewels the newest one came out which i think it may yeah might have been worth the ticket price because i love that album i I was down for that i would have went went that but a 400 dollars ticket okay so what if yeah i was thinking about this the other day yeah what if tool and maynard parted ways Zach came in. Yeah. That would be fucking amazing. Because he was almost the lead singer for Tool anyway, was. or was a tryout or something. And they've, like we've talked before, they've got a and think of, like, track together. If they were to do some new music together, it would be fucking awesome. Do you awesome. think Zach could fit? Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know if we said Zach from Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I, I'm I think sure most people know, know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, ah, that would be an interesting, interesting thing. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if they stuck to the way that they write music, like Tool, the music is written first and the lyrics come second. I don't see why it wouldn't work out. Because Zach raps. That's sure, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, he can rap on that. I mean, he's dropping bars over some of the heaviest grooves exactly ever laid. It'd down. be interesting to see. And huh. 
I think like if, if, you know, the Maynard thing doesn't work out with tool, which is possible. I, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to have problems with anybody they put in that place. And I would feel that most people that they would put in that place are going to try to emulate Maynard singing on say some of the previous songs, right. That yeah. he's been involved with. Whereas I think Zach would just float right in, do his thing. Maybe they wouldn't even do the old songs. That would be refreshing because I think that they've kind of tired out. They've worked enough of their catalog out. Yeah. It started. I know you really enjoyed Fear Inoculum. I yeah, still haven't gotten fully on board with it in yeah. terms of like its quality because I find it a little I feel weird. like it gets better all the time. The second half of the album, especially, I'm a fan of, but I find it a little redundant at times. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully you start touring around again. It would be nice to see ticket prices drop a bit. I don't see Tool touring. I think um, Maynard's really too involved with this Pussifer stuff. Yep. Um, I think he's found out that he doesn't need to tour. Yep. And, you know, he can do these recorded concert type things and still make good money off of that. And I don't think that you know, Maynard necessarily cares about music as much as he cares about wine. I think that's happened for yeah. sure. And hey, nothing wrong with it, man. You, oh no. You move on to different things in your life. Absolutely. I'd rather, I'd rather them move on than yeah. wait around. Cause for, they waited for a long fucking time. And I'm, well, and I don't mean that. I mean, like they were waiting for a lot of reasons, but there's record label stuff. Wasn't there? Yeah. And uh, I think, though, that when it really came down to it, that the, when they had the music together, that Maynard set aside the time and went and did it. But I think now you'd have to schedule him. He's a busy dude. Oh, I, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, if Tool wanted to do an album together and they wanted Maynard, I'd say they'd have to plan it. It wouldn't just be spontaneous. It would be nice to see another album, but I'd... I don't know i'd be okay if they didn't it just needs to be really good <laughs> yeah i think people's expectations want. though too are in this is what i was talking about earlier mm. is tool always has a different gimmick when they put out a new album um people always reminisce about the old albums and so the and tool's never going to try to repeat itself and see so they're taking the period risks. that i got into tool was during their hiatus so like right. during those years, I could just go back to the catalog. I go from the start and I knew what was there, but yeah, it's interesting seeing a new tool release. Was that always the case? What? People being a little unsure about where they're going with the music tool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every album. Like I remember, I remember when 10,000 days came out, uh, I probably felt about it. Like you feel about fear inoculum. Interesting. But it took time. It took time to grow on me because it was a departure from Lateralis. It was so different. It was. Yeah. Anyway, it's forgive. Fantastic forgive band. us if you're not a fan of Tool. We obviously are. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of other stuff that I've been listening to. Oh, I was listening to some Suicidal Tendencies the other day. I don't think I've ever listened to them. Yeah, there's a, a song by Suicidal Tendencies, and I mean this, this album is from like 1983 i think yeah 
think I've heard this one. Everybody's heard yeah. this. Oh, I just wanted a Pepsi. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then there's another song on here too. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, Subliminal. Yeah. Subliminal. Is yeah. that a band? No, no. This it's a song by Suicidal Tendencies. Okay. It's like hardcore punk, I guess. I think I've heard this one too, but let it, let it play. Were they British? It's good stuff. This is the kind of punk I get into. Yeah. So then there's another song on here. Um, are you familiar with uh, the suicide or the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan? No. So he was like uh, leaving an event or something and was going to get into the the car. Yeah. And he was like waving and somebody with like a sniper rifle shot him. But it, sorry, it went right through. He had his hand up waving. Yeah. And it went right through his armpit. Oh, lucky. And so they heard the shot and they, like, they pushed him in the car, but they didn't realize at first that he was shot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Suicide Tennessee's wrote a song <laughs> called I Shot the Devil. Oh, that's great. I shot Reagan! You get the point. I mean, I have to listen to some more suicidal tendencies. I've been trying to get into punk music, but it's just oh, it always. I'm not, I'm not into very much punk, but always this is off. their self-titled album from 1983. Sweet, it's a good year for for that music too. Yeah, and then the other band. I'm not going to play any of them. Yeah, but other band that's I like that's similar to Suicidal Tendencies is DRI, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. Nice. Yeah, very similar. You know, hardcore punk. Do you ever listen to KMFDM? Oh yeah. I like some of their stuff. I found uh, one of those CDs in my grandparents' house. from That's your dad's? Yeah. Or, yeah. or his sister's 100%. from like. No, it was a beer dad. I'm pretty sure it was his sister's actually. Really? Yeah. She was a goth. Yeah. She was into that apparently. Oh. KMFDM was some really cool early electronic shit. music. Yeah. yeah. Kill motherfucker, die motherfucker. Yeah. Um, yeah, great. I used music. to have this crazy awesome KMFDM long sleeve shirt. Oh, and because all their album covers are so cool. Yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah. 
The Germans. The Germans. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you got anything else to chat about? Nothing for today. I want to keep the the other stuff for later episodes. All right. I think this is a great place to uh, to leave it, y'all. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll save my stuff for next time as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, beautiful. Okay, it's great talking music. Yeah. Uh, bye bye. See. You.